0: Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word.
1: For believers in Christ, those that have put their faith in Jesus, we've escaped the wrath of God through faith in the finished work of Jesus who loved you and died for you and rose from the grave for you that you could be forgiven, you could be saved, you can enter into a relationship with the Lord. What we read in Jude is true for you that you're gonna be presented faultless before the Lord because of Jesus. That's the cup of the wrath of God. You have escaped it if, you are, if you're a person that has, has, has faith in Christ. In today's message, Pastor Bill will share with
0: you about a somewhat confusing portion of the Bible from the book of Revelation. One verse reminds people to fear God. So what's that all about? We should be scared of God? No, while the passage could be interpreted to mean the fear of God, other translations use the word revere. Pastor Bill will also remind you that when we revere or fear God, we have nothing else to fear. God is the almighty, capable of every good plan he has. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Revelation, chapter 14, as he continues his message, God's Overtime Squad.
1: God says here, Babylon has fallen. This, this, this system of religion, of belief, of everything that, that has been against me, it's fallen. And um, not just that it's fallen, but she has made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Um, the worst, and this is, this is speaking of the worship of other gods. When you look at the, 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 uh, the wrath of her fornication, it's, it's been, when you think of fornication, it's, it's illicit sex. Um, it's, it's being in relationship with someone that you don't belong in relationship with. And anyone that's worshiping something that's not God is, is, is worshiping something that's not worthy of worship, not supposed to be worshipped. And so that's what the, this world system has led people into. And so, you know, during this time, Babylon is going to fall again. We'll get a lot more of that in chapter 17 and 18. Then verse nine, it says, then a third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. So let's talk about the mark of the beast for just a moment. Um, There's a lot of talk right now because of the COVID-19 and all this going on. There's talk of, you know, uh, uh, them coming up with a, a vaccine. Um, some are speculating. There's, and I, I would caution you guys: be really careful how much attention and time you give to all the speculative thought and all the conspiracies and all the things that people are dreaming up. But people are very concerned. They're hearing that oh, they're going to make everyone get a vaccine, and then the vaccine is going to, you know, mark you. They can follow you around. They can have all your information. And you know, some are suspicious. Some are suspicious that that's the mark of the beast. So let me help us out a little bit, right? Whatever's going to happen as a result of COVID-19, whatever the government's going to do, whatever's going to happen with vaccines, whatever's going to happen with the technology for them to, you know, put a shot in your wrist or wherever and, and identify you medically and have your information and so forth and so on. Um, is that all the mark of the beast? Because some believers sound like everything that comes up, oh, that's, 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 that's the mark of the beast. Check it out. It's not going to be the mark of the beast until we're halfway through the tribulation period. So... So relax, folks, relax. Look at when the mark of the beast comes up. That means the church been raptured, the Antichrist been revealed. And now, you know, it's the mark of the beast. I mean, that means that there's a satanic system publicly reigning, Antichrist, false prophet, you know, uh, all of that. And and then uh, it's, it's, it's it's in conjunction with worship, right? It's not just taking of the mark to buy or sell. Uh, it says if anyone worships the beast... And his image, and receives his mark. Note that it's in conjunction with the worship of the beast. I'm worshiping the beast, and I'm receiving his mark, um, that I can function in his system. So, in order for it to be the mark of the beast, it's got to be during the tribulation period, during this time, in conjunction with the worship of the beast, so that I can participate in his world order, his world system. Uh, we're not there yet. So. Should some new technology come out where you can get a thing and it can, you can scan yourself at work or you can scan into the doctor, I, I think you can relax. I don't think anyone's going to receive the mark of the beast on accident. It's not going to be something go, oh, God, I, didn't, I didn't know it. I didn't mean to do it. No, you'll mean to do it. The people that receive this mean to do it. It's not an accident. Didn't so, didn't happen. The government didn't made them do it. It's a choice that they did because they worship the beast. So I hope that helps us. Because I get I get sad when I hear Christians that sound like they don't know this. And they're like, oh, my gosh, is, is that is that? No, sir, ma'am. It's not that this is not it yet. We're not there yet. There's some things have to transpire first. But here's what we can say. We, we should be looking up because our redemption draws nigh. The fact that the technology is there, the motive for the technology is there. We should be reading this saying, wow, this this could happen in our lifetime." This could happen in a matter of, we could be here in months. That means that the church could be gone in moments, right? Nothing needs to happen. That's, that's how this should be speaking to us. Uh, Shouldn't make you afraid because you ain't going to be here for it, right? We, we get to go. We raptured. We get to pose and roll, you know? We get to fly up out of here. So this is not our, this is not for us to fear. It's, it's to inform us. And it will inform those that are left behind. But we won't be here for this, um, but let's go back. So, so what will happen to those that worship the beast and receive his mark on and the mark is on the forehead on his forehead or on his hand? He himself, the one that does this, will drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. Note this. This is the very cup I believe Jesus was speaking about in Matthew twenty six thirty nine, as he prayed in the garden against him. He says he went away a little further. He fell on his face and he prayed, Oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. It was a cup of the wrath of God. He said, man, if I could escape that, if there's any other way to save him without that. But nevertheless, your will be done. And and there was no other way. So he drank the full cup of the wrath of God. He took our wrath upon himself. So that we wouldn't endure. We would for believers in Christ, those that have put their faith in Jesus. We've escaped the wrath of God through faith in the finished work of Jesus, who loved you and died for you and rose from the grave for you, that you could be forgiven, you could be saved, you could enter into relationship with the Lord. What we read in Jude is true for you that you're going to be presented faultless before the Lord because of Jesus. That's the cup of the wrath of God. You have escaped it if you are if you're a person that has, has has faith in Christ. But for those here that are worshiping the beast, not the lamb, I says that they're going to they're also going to drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength. Um, that that phrase full strength um, ha, has the idea that it, it, it's, 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 it's as bad as it could possibly be. Nothing held back. You know, it's the strongest. I mean, just think about God's wrath and God saying this will be my wrath as strong as my wrath can be. The strongest version of my wrath poured out for those that have rejected me, for those that are worshiping the beast. Then it says, uh, continuing in verse uh, 10, he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. So one aspect of eternal judgment is fire, uh, is torment. And here it says of those who worship the beast, those who who are, who are fall under the wrath of God, that they're going to be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the lamb. So there are those today and there are some pastors and ministers that are wanting to um they want to remove the idea of hell. They say, I just don't think a God of love would, you know, do such a thing, so forth and so on. And um, I, that's not for me to decide what I think God will do. I'm going to read the word of God and let God tell me what he will do. And God is telling me here that there is a place of torment. As he told us in the Gospels, as spoken of elsewhere directly from Jesus. Here it says, there is fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the lamb. Notice not in the presence of the saints. Um, The lamb will be there as judge. We get a scene later on. We get to Revelation 20. We get the great white throne judgment. We get to see the scene laid out. And those whose names are not written in in the book of life of the lamb will be thrown into the lake of fire. And, Everywhere you look, it's fire, fire and brimstone, weeping and wailing, gnashing of teeth, fire and brimstone, forever and ever and ever. Um, that's, that's what the Bible is describing of hell. The worst part of hell, I believe, is that you are removed from the presence of Almighty God forever. Never can be forgiven. Never can, you can never come back from hell. And I want to be clear, I don't want I don't, I to don't overstate, but I don't want to understate this, because some people need to understand that there's 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 a hell to, to get out of. There's a hell to escape. Some people are not they're not drawn to Christ. They don't see the they don't see the importance or the value in what Jesus did because they don't understand there's hell to pay for dying without Christ. And so maybe you're one, maybe you're listening and you're someone that says, Man, I'm just kind of doing my life. I'm doing my thing. I'm having a good time. Just hear this. You don't know when you'll die. You don't know how long you'll live. You don't know when things will end for you. But if you continue to live like this, where you knowingly reject Christ and somehow you die without him, this is your reality. You can never come back from it. You, can never get, you can't get to hell like you see in the movies and, and say, oh, I'm sorry, let me come back as an angel, do some good deeds. It, it don't work like that. Hell is forever. You never, get to, you never get a do-over. You never get to come back. The, the Bible says that, that, that if you can hear the Lord speaking to you today, then harden not your heart. If if your heart is soft enough today to hear God speaking, then you need to receive him today because if you harden your heart, it is possible for a person to harden their heart to the point where they no longer hear. And so if you're listening today and you can hear today, you should respond to God today because you can get to a point where you don't hear anymore. And so... Um, here it says, again, it's giving us information about what torment will look like for them. Verse 11, continuing this, it says, and the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever. So there's no out, right? It doesn't have an end date. It's forever and forever and ever in the Greek means forever and ever. Uh, and, and black is forever and ever. It, it just never stops, right? It's forever. It's eternal. And they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image and whoever receives the mark of his name. They have no rest day or night. Now, I thought this is interesting, right? Because when people die, everybody does R.I.P., rest in peace. And oftentimes people are suggesting rest in peace to people that will never have rest or peace again for eternity. Think about that. When someone dies without Christ, they will never have rest and they will never have peace again. Though they, they had any rest they had, they had it before they died. Any peace they experienced was before death. You die without Christ, there would never be rest or peace again. And I want you to think about this aspect of the torment. We know there's fire and brimstone and we can imagine we know fire burns. There's, there's physical torment in that. But I want you to think about the torment of re- not being able to rest. Some of y'all go one day without good sleep and you are bare. Um, some people go a couple days, a couple few days without rest. And it's, 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 tor- it's terrible. It's torment. You know, you'd be ready to cry and crack. You know, they do this to guys in the military. They make them go so many uh, hours without rest. They're trying to break them and crack them. Imagine forever. You ain't never going to rest again. You don't get you don't get a break from torment. You don't get a break from hell. You don't get a break from the anguish forever. And again, this is horrific and terrible and everything else. But God is saying, I'm I'm throwing out the lifeline, fam. I would save you from this. You don't have to endure this. This doesn't have to be the reality for you, but it will be the reality for some. And so these things are written for our learning. They're written for us to understand Uh, I believe they're there for some. They're warning for some of us that know the Lord. We can read this and just say, Lord, thank you so much for rescuing me. And I hope it stirs up the heart of the believer to reach out to your friend, your family, your neighbor, your loved one that doesn't know, because this will be true for them that don't know the Lord. We want to reach out. Uh, We want to be sharing the gospel with people. And so um, it says the, the last part of verse 11 Um, And they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image, image, whoever receives the mark of his name. And so this is why we say if anybody receives a mark of the beast, there's no coming back from that. Um, If you receive his mark, you can't say, oh, no, I didn't mean to do it. Take it back. If someone's alive during the tribulation period and they end up taking the mark and worshiping the beast, they can't later say, "Okay, OK, I want to come back now. Um, it's permanent. They've locked themselves in. It is is guaranteed damnation at that point for them. Uh, Again, we won't be there. Hopefully you listening won't be there, that we'll be born again now and receive the Lord now. But this is informing us of what will be happening then. And this is why God is going through such great measures. Look at all that he's doing to save people then. He sent out angels to preach the message. He sent out 144,000. God is trying to rescue people from this, from, from from his judgment being poured out on them. It's not what he loves to do or lives to do. Now, verses 12 and 13, it says, here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. I, then I heard a word from heaven saying to me, write Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works follow them. So first in verse 12, it says, here is the patience of the saints. Um, And it it will take patience and perseverance and waiting and trusting on God to, if you're a Christian during this period, you're going to be, you're going to have to be patient. You're going to wait on God to deliver. And many of them are going to die for their faith. They'll be delivered through death. Um, that that'll be that's how that'll be how they get uh, delivered from uh, just the 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 tyranny Uh, imagine the the wickedness of living in a world where um, literally Satan is in charge right for for us living right now right we're in this we're in this pandemic and people are having a fit they're like the government did did, did." we just got this is one pestilence It's, it's, it's this is really giving us a great look at What will be happening during the tribulation period magnified by millions, right? We have a virus that hit the whole world. Everybody's trying to figure out what to do about it. Um, People are trying to figure out where it came from. Governors and mayors and lawgivers are deciding what needs to happen in each state, each county, whatever. The subjects of those states, the people are, are, you know, some are favorable, you know, some are not favorable. People feel however they feel about it. But... Imagine and imagine that there are people right now that are just convinced that all oh, this is the wickedness. Bad people are in charge. They gave us the disease. They're not letting us do this, that, and the other. Imagine being alive during a time where it's not speculatory. It's not speculation. Satan is absolutely in control. And he's empowering the leadership, the Antichrist, the father. He's given them his power to rule the earth and they are against you if you're a Christian. They're, right now, people think I think they might be against us. <laughs> Whatever. During this period, it'll be no thought. We know they're against the church and we're killing Christians. Never mind. We're not telling you not to gather. We're saying we will kill you if you don't take this mark. We find out that you're worshiping the lamb and not the beast. You will die for your faith. That's what it'll be like then. But here's the upside for the person that believes. It says, here's says here's the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. They hold fast their faith in Christ. Then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, right, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the spirit that they may rest from their labors and their works follow them. So for the believer, God says, look, this is this will be the worst that it gets for y'all. It's going to be bad. But when you die now for the believer, they do rest and, and they die and then they rest. Right. So I wrote this in my notes: "Only believers die to live, right? Non-believers, you live in to die. You live and you're going to die and die, die, die. Um, but believers, we die to live. Death is how I enter into eternal life. That's uh, how I enter into the next phase of life, the eternal state. And so um, these believers are going to die in order to live again. They're going to die, and then they're going to rest, and then here their, their works go before them. Their, their, their works follow them. I'm sorry. So, um, their works are going to follow them in. And so, it sounds like there'll still be reward for what God has done in them and through them during this time. And so, I, I guess I'd like to do a couple things. I hope that you listening will at least contrast the believer and the non believers in, in, in the end game for them. Look at how it ends for the believer. They're resting, and their works are following them up to heaven with the Lord. The non believer, torment. Hell, uh, fire and brimstone forever and ever and ever, no rest day or night, never again going to take a nap separated from God. That's those are the realities. And so as we conclude this section today, uh, I want to make a few reiterate a few points. Um, Number one, while God has his this overtime squad during the tribulation period, um, we are to be God's evangelists today. And for the believers that are with me today, are you doing your part? Are you taking it serious that God has blessed you to be saved? You're born again, sins are forgiven, and he's calling you to go out and reach your friends, your family, your neighbors. Are you walking that call out in your life? Um, If not, I'm, I'm challenging, lovingly encouraging all of us. That we would take it serious. This is right now we're in the game as believers and we have a role to to, we have a part to play. We have a role. We want to we want to be obedient to the Lord and that which he's given us to do. Uh, Number two, we see that it's either uh, either or with regard to worship. Right. Um, So either you worship the lamb or the beast. Uh, If you don't worship the lamb, you inevitably inevitably worship uh, something else or someone else that cannot lead to life. So for you that are with us, you that are listening, are you worshiping the lamb? Are you worshiping Jesus? Um, Are you someone that maybe you're listening and you just kind of, I've been checking out Jesus. I have an interest in Jesus. I'm curious about Jesus. People are telling me about Jesus. Have you come to the place of saying, I'm ready to worship the lamb? And if you haven't, let me give you a reason why you should. You should worship the lamb for these reasons. Number one. He loves you. Jesus is the Lamb of God and he loves you. How do I know he loves me? The Bible says that he demonstrated his love for you and that he left heaven, came to earth, took your sins upon him, died on the cross, a brutal death in your place so that you could be let free. So your sins could be forgiven because he doesn't want you to pay for your own sins. He wants you to be forgiven of your sins. He did that for you. So the Lamb loves you. Jesus is the Lamb. So you should worship the Lamb because he loves you. He demonstrated that love and that he died on the cross in your place. And he makes forgiveness of all your sins available. He understands that you're flawed and he still loves you. He knows exactly who you are, what you're like, and he cares for you. He loves you and he would save you. Um, and, he's, and, and again, I, I feel like God's made it very simple, very clear. How do I take hold of this? By believing in me, that I love you, that I died for your sins, that I rose from the grave and trusting in me. My finished work, death, burial, resurrection, he would forgive you and receive you. And so we should worship the lamb because he died for us. Um, And then I think once we get to where we've we've received that, we should worship the lamb because he's been he's good. You know, for those of you watching that have been saved a while, isn't he good beyond salvation? Right. I got saved in 1995 and I wake up today and it's like (laughs) the lamb is still good. It doesn't get old. It doesn't wear out. It doesn't fade. It actually gets deeper and richer and fuller the longer you walk with it. It's like nothing else. Most things in this life fade with time. The, the significance fades. The, the, the novelty wears off. Not Jesus. It just gets deeper and richer and more real uh, the, the further you go with him. And so um, for all those reasons, and there's a thousand more, you should worship the lamb. Thirdly, Um, We won't accidentally worship the beast or take the mark. We will have to miss the rapture to even be around for it. And so um, for you and for me, do you, do we have the seal of the Holy Spirit of promise? Uh, We talked about that, that as the beast is going to seal his people, God sealed the 144,000. We're on earth now, the church age, and God seals with the Holy Spirit all those that believe in him. Are you sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise? And if not, we can deal with that right now before we get done. Lastly, um, heaven and hell are real and eternal. Are you sure you're going to heaven?
0: You've been listening to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington, Today's message from the book of Revelation is available to listen to again on our website. Just visit CalvaryInglewood.org and click on media, or you can download our mobile app to listen to more teachings. You'll find a link on our website. You can also search for Calvary Chapel Inglewood in our app store. If you're looking for a place to connect this weekend, we'd love for you to join us for church. Look on our website for the latest times and locations for services. We're a group of people who love to learn from God's word and be together as a family of God. Again, our website is calvaryinglewood.org. As we've looked into the book of Revelation, keep in mind that this book is not all doom and gloom. It ends the way the Bible began, in paradise. For those who love and follow Jesus, this book provides hope in God rescuing us from all that is broken and corrupt. So, keep looking for that in the midst of much heartache here on earth. If you felt the blessing of this ministry in your life, we'd love for you to partner with us in praying for those who hear a transforming word. As the message go out, many listeners may be hearing about the Lord for the very first time. This ministry is a great opportunity to share the good news of Jesus and His salvation. We ask that you pray for ears to be opened, hearts to be softened, and for lives to be changed. That's all we have time for today. Join us again for another edition with Pastor Bill on a transforming word.